You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share bad. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the Good luck! Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000! My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show, airing on Phoenix 92.5 FM or all the wonderful places on the internet, especially our newly revamped website, which Dara's put a lot of work into. Everything's very accessible. Do go check it out once you're done listening here. It's amazing. It is amazing. That isn't a heckler, by the way. She's on the show. I am Kian, and with me is... Anakin Blue. Mannequin Blue. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. So we are coming hot off our Comic-Con appearance. I know we've done one or two shows since then, but we're still buzzing from it. You can check it out there on the newly fixed up website if you missed it. But we've got a lot of very exciting things to cover this week. We are actually starting a little bit later than usual uh, behind the scenes info because we both watch She-Hulk just as it was going out. Uh, Katie or Mannequin Blue, whatever you prefer. What do you think of Marvel's She-Hulk on Disney Plus so far? Do you know what? I'm actually really enjoying She-Hulk. Yeah, and I know that I'm kind of the person in the group who's always like, oh no, the new Marvel thing sucks, it's terrible. But I've really been enjoying it. It's a nice, it's a different change of pace. It's funny, it's enjoyable. It's got colourful characters. Like, it's great. Yeah, because, I mean, like, I suppose a little bit more behind the scenes info. You've kind of been done with Marvel more or less since Ultron, haven't you? Yeah, I've been, yeah, I would I would say probably since Ultron. Um, and then there have been kind of one or two movies in between that I thought were good. But overall, I was just jaded by the whole thing. OK, well, like, certainly I would agree with you because I've been, uh, if you listen to the back shows, I have been fighting She-Hulk's Corner ever since the trailer came out that nobody liked because I was a huge fan of the She-Hulk comics. I love how mm-hmm. she was sort of a comedy spin on the ongoing sort of ridiculousness of the MCU and all that kind of stuff. So what is it for you about She-Hulk so far? We'll get into sort of summaries and all that kind of stuff in a minute. But what overall so far is it that's grabbing you compared to all the other Marvel things? Um, well, I suppose the first thing that got me was the casting because I just like ever since Orphan Black, I just love Tatiana Maslany. Like she is just unreal. I don't, I don't know if you've seen Orphan Black, have you? I, I have seen the first two. This is for anyone who doesn't know, it's on Netflix. This is a it's show. It's not. They took which... it down. What? 
They oh, took it. To, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. I was so upset because I I actually wanted to rewatch it after when I watched the first episode of oh. She-Hulk. I was like, I need more Tatiana. I need a fix. And I went <laughs> to watch it on Netflix and it was gone. Oh, sugar. That's very strange. Yeah. Hopefully they get it back. Because I, 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 see, I know it wasn't originally um, made by Netflix, but they kind of championed it, basically. It was yeah, those, I like, think the way it they was... didn't actually make Squid Game, like that kind of thing. I think it was like originally something like BBC Canada or something. I like saw that. it on BBC Four originally. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, it's 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 just so good. For anyone who doesn't know, is not familiar with Orphan Black, it's without spoiling too much. It's basically a show about clones, and Tatiana Maslany plays probably like twenty different characters in it, and each one is a fully fleshed out character. It's just so well done. That's exactly it. Yeah, we won't. We, this isn't an orphan black We won't go into the weeds on it. But yeah, basically, she holds her own playing three versions of herself in the room. And it's not like that she is playing herself three times. They are all three dimensional, completely different characters. Yeah. Chemistry with each other. And you can tell even in spite of costumes and stuff, which character it is just from the way she holds herself. So, yes, she's an amazing performer. And do you think that like, she hulk the show kind of serves her well because she was a fan pick for many for a long time oh yeah because like when she was first announced it wasn't even it wasn't an official announcement it i think it was just either somebody had leaked that she was being considered or it was fans going oh she should definitely play she hulk because i remember she actually came out with a statement at one point and said look nothing is signed there's no contracts you know, don't get up That's in arms right. about it. I, I remember a, like websites simultaneously announcing that she has been cast and also statements of her saying she has not. And there was a lot of confusion around that. Yeah, but like they couldn't have picked somebody better. I don't yeah. think like I love her. She just to me, she can do no wrong. You know what I mean? The, the show could be terrible and she would still carry it. Hmm. And like for anyone who like doesn't know kind of what it's about all that kind of stuff the basic gist of it is that as you can imagine she hulk is the avengers hulk's cousin uh who accidentally gets hulkified due to a car crash and blood and all this kind of stuff but she keeps her job as a lawyer uh in spite of her she hulk identity and more than any of the other disney plus things this is like a half an hour offbeat comedy and uh, what kind of what were you expecting before you saw it? I honestly I didn't really know what to expect because the trailer was kind of all over the place in terms of what the story was going to be. Mm. You know, a lot of it seemed to be like, oh, the Hulk is training her how to be another Hulk and she's going to be a superhero. But also then she's going on dates and it it was just like there, there was no there was no one way to pin it down. Yeah. Um, but I love the route that they've gone with it where it is like a quirky lawyer show um and she's dealing with like problems in the office and stuff like that i just think it's it's such a nice change of pace from you know big burly creatures punching each other in the face (laughs) (laughs) there's a much as i love this yes two egyptian gods looking like a bird and a crocodile fighting over a pyramid that are 60 feet tall yeah well now that that had its place and that Mm. was a cool moment but it, it is nice to get something different. And I know that one division tried to go a different route as well, but it personally, I thought it wasn't well executed and it was, it was, it was boring and hammed up, you know, but 
That's oh, my I disagree, opinion. but you've done yeah. enough episodes arguing about that. I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, but like the, I think they kind of nailed it with She-Hulk, where mm. it's you know obviously she's she's got the aspect of okay, I need to figure out how to be a Hulk, but also I don't really want to have to deal with that because I've spent years building my career as a lawyer, and I just want to be a lawyer, and then like navigating that, but also her family as well. I just think it's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's worth stressing compared to the other, like I've enjoyed all the Marvel Disney Plus offerings, but they do have that Star Trek Picard feeling of this is a movie we've cut into six bits. Hmm. And I, you could make the case that things like What If and maybe Hawkeye weren't that, but this is the biggest departure, at least so far, from that structure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, they, they whatever, whoever was you know in the room writing that at the time like they nailed it so like it's and it's only been two episodes and I'm sitting here going oh I need like I literally just finished episode two and I'm sitting here going I need episode three like Mm. I don't want to have to wait a week for it (laughs) (laughs) and it feels a bit like a revamp of Marvel on Disney plus because I mean it's like I said a minute ago all the sort of like like the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, Moon Knight, they kind of felt like movies, like, mm-hmm. you know, as TV shows. But this is very decidedly a half an hour, kind of 20 minute sitcom thing with a beginning, middle and an end. And interestingly, I think it could be about 20 episodes that have been commissioned, something big, something more in the traditional, this show runs for three months oh, and I it's hope just so. on all the time. And, it, and also interestingly, Daredevil, has also been given a 20-episode type run, their kind of reboot of Daredevil. So do you think this is kind of like a testing the waters for a different type of Marvel show? I hope so. I genuinely do. And honestly, because I I know that Daredevil's being moved over to Disney Plus as well. I would love to see some crossover between Daredevil and She-Hulk because they're both lawyers. We are getting it's in the trailers. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait. Mm. Like, I I would absolutely love to see that. And even some of the like there have been some cameos um, even in She-Hulk so far that I was pleasantly surprised by. Like you had a Jamila Jamil as Titania, mm. and then you've got like um, oh, what's his name? Tim Roth as well as the abomination. As, yeah, as abomination. Like it, I'm loving it so far. I really am. Yeah, it definitely like because uh, the other Marvel Disney Plus things they they have had kind of Avengersy kind of overlaps and that kind of stuff. Like obviously there was loads of them in One Division, and like kind of Baron Zemo came back and all that but there was still a sense that in some of these shows they kind of everyone is in their own little zone and certainly with the likes of Wong coming into She-Hulk and Daredevil uh Spike spoiler he's in his yellow costume from the comics like Mm -hmm. uh and like there seems to be implications of other cameos to come this certainly feels like the first show apart from the likes of What If where they're really just playing with the entire MCU and literally anything could turn up at any minute and you kind of have to keep on your toes about it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I really, and even the, like the, um, the, the Hulk being in it as well, obviously because they're related and stuff like, but it's a nice touch that even there's scenes where she'll just call him on the phone and be like, Hey, what's up? You know? Yeah. I was expecting again, because I'm so trained, like, I think, I don't know if it's the same for other people. When I watch a Marvel thing, I kind of go, 
Okay. This is all in the, in the MCU. But I know Tony Stark, Captain America, and Thor aren't going to turn up. And I know that there's like a tiered system where some people will appear in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No one will appear in Jessica Jones, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that has slightly extended to the Disney Plus shows unless it's about Hawkeye, about Vision, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think it's nice that I was honestly not expecting the Hulk to be in it as much as he is. And I think they're serving him really, really well. And like, not to like spoil too much for anyone who hasn't watched the second episode, but it's nice to get little callbacks to like a Hulk movie from 2009 that no one seems to remember. You know, I it's know, nice. Right? Yeah, isn't isn't it? And like, isn't it nice that everything's kind of being treated kind of with equal fun, you know? Yeah, no, I thought that was a really nice touch as well. You know, when they brought the whole abomination into it and they referenced that movie, I was like, oh, I remember that movie because yeah. I remember somebody telling me that the Mark Ruffalo um hulk is the same as the uh oh i'm blanking on his name edward norton edward norton hulk yeah it's it's the same person so it's it's nice that they had that callback yeah yeah it's always been kind of dubiously canon because it's sort of the movie is not owned by marvel in the same way that like the tom holland spider-mans aren't quite owned by marvel yeah but certainly like thunderbolt ross and some of the other characters have kind of stayed in the orbit so yeah, it's just nice to see everyone coming back and like we're getting references to things like Shang-Chi now and all that kind of stuff. And uh, like, but even irrespective of like the MCU connections and all that, it does seem to be a very nice, lively show that doesn't hang around. It's like the characters are very energetic coming out of the gate. It gets on with its own premise. Again, going back to the Disney Plus thing of like with the six episode movie thing, you kind of have to wait until episode three to get a measure on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this does not feel like it's kind of wasting our time, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not a whole lot of waiting around, like because each episode is only a half hour as well. I think that now I would be perfectly happy if the episodes were, you know, 45 minutes or an hour. But even the fact that they're half hour each, they don't waste any time. They get straight to the point. Mm. Like even even in the first episode, within the first five minutes, she's literally like, this is how I became a Hulk. Yes. And actually, the, the talking to the camera is a lovely little touch. That's very it's I mean, I know it's sort of a standard like comedy thing to kind of like talk to the camera. But I, it gives me big nostalgic uh, thoughts of like when you got the green thought bubbles above yeah. characters heads and all that kind of stuff, which hasn't quite been able to translate to movies just yet. Yeah, like I'm, I'm totally okay with the the fourth wall breaking, you know, as, and because they don't overdo it as well, they don't do it too much. Yeah, no, they pick their moments, and I really hope that like if She Hulk crosses over into like something serious, like Daredevil or something, she'll just keep doing it. I, w- I would, I would love sense. to. Uh, I'd love to see her and like Deadpool get together, and because he breaks the fourth wall a lot as well, so mm. it would be funny to see, you know, would they interact with each other or or what would happen. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the nice thing about what is well, that was always a nice thing about She Hulk in the comics is that she was kind of in a weird way, she was like the epicenter of the Marvel Universe because people just came to her quite casually. Like, um, like she happened to go out with J. Jonah Jameson's son for a long time, so you got like Spider Man via that kind of thing, and because she represented all these different uh super villains and all this kind of stuff, so it'd be nice if like. A bit like, again, the what if you've sort of 
there's a nice flavor of all of Marvel through here and not kind of taking itself too seriously, you know, because like something as big as Marvel now, you kind of have to laugh at it a little bit or it goes to like, you know, DCU levels of absurd, not DCU, the university, the DCEU. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, college. (laughs) I'm sure you're great. Looking at you, DCU. (laughs) Superman graduated from there. (laughs) It's all grey. No, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dara told us not to get, not to insult any organizations, and I go do that. No, DCEU. Uh, From what, shout out to DCU for actually having teacher training courses. Well done. Uh, Not many of those around. But yes, the DCEU, where it's like Marvel's now the biggest brand in like the world. And like, it's when you're that big, you're also kind of that fragile, if you know what I mean. Yes. So like, it's, yeah, it's nice to have this little offbeat thing where it's like, it's having fun with itself, but it's not like kind of completely undoing the reality of the world and all that kind of stuff, you know? So I... I am very impressed so far. and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. Yeah, and controversial opinion, I'm going to put my hand up and say it. The CGI is not actually that bad. I like the CGI. Well, I didn't notice it, which is kind of a nice thing to say about CGI. That's what a lot of people were complaining about in the trailer for the trailers they were like oh the cgi is so bad it's terrible it once you get into the show it it's not actually that bad yeah i mean a little bit during the training montage with the two hulks but that's just because you become slightly desensitized to it yeah and you see it that much you know yeah exactly and like a lot of it's <laughs> very strategically done in dark light as well yeah no, no, I, I, I highly like. I highly recommend anyone who like enjoys the MCU or just wants to kind of laugh at the MCU. It's uh, two episodes out so far. It's solid for anyone on Disney Plus. Also, we're getting Thor: Love and Thunder on September eighth, which I think is Disney Plus Day, if such things Ooh. exist. Because we're also getting an Obi Wan Kenobi documentary on there. Did you see Thor: Love and Thunder when it came out? I didn't. I haven't heard kind things, so I thought I would wait until it came out on Disney Plus. Really? Mm, okay, because yeah. all the all the I saw it, and all the feedback from my friends was glowing. Okay, well that's promising because I do enjoy the Thor movies. Well, now I haven't seen uh, Dark World, but I've I've heard nothing but bad things about that. But I obviously seen... have been talking to Dara. <laughs> I've seen the first one and I've seen Ragnarok and I like I know a lot of people didn't really like Na- Ragnarok but I thought oh. it was I thought it was fun you know we, we must work in, in different circles because again loads of my friends love Ragnarok yeah I thought it like I, I love the absurdness of Taika Waititi mm. I, I really enjoy him so you know for me it was it was now obviously it was a weird movie it was super weird and it was total change of pace for thor as well but i still enjoyed it oh yeah completely like you know there is something to oh we mentioned thor the dark world and now dara's arriving (laughs) dara's ears are burning (laughs) (laughs) all right ahoy what what was this all about Thor the Dark World? Great movie. <laughs> we are moving on. We're not. We're going back to it. We've, get, we've just finished our lengthy discussion of She-Hulk. You missed the Marvel segment, but it's lovely to see you. It is. It is. <laughs> I, I, I decided to grace everybody with, with the with the presence. Hello, friend. Hello, everybody. <laughs> we feel honored. 
Um, yes. So in closing, Toward the Dark World is uh, is is poorly represented. It's fantastic. Not like the one that followed it, which should be, which is nearly up there with J.J. Abrams' War Crime. Oh my god, this is a proper like if you say her name in the mirror three times she appears type situation. (laughs) Do you just like listen to see if anyone brings up Thor and like (laughs) jump Star Wars? Like like, if it came up in a cafe with like people you didn't know, would you just drop from the ceiling? (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't try it. You're like the equivalent of that meme of the two people at the festival, and one of them's like shouting in the ear. (laughs) (laughs) So, but just before we move on, Dara, have you are you up to date with She Hulk? Oh, I'm not watching a train wreck. Oh, it's so good. See, this is someone who has not been listening to the show so far. It's so so good. Oh no! uh, To be fair, I'm I'm gonna wait until it's all done so we can fast forward. You're waiting a while. There's quite a lot. You don't need to fast forward. Like each episode gets straight to the point. Is it really good though? I mean, it is. It is. is. Well, look, he doesn't like Thor Ragnarok, so it's probably okay. Hang on, this is coming from you know me, Dari. You know how I do. You know how jaded I am with Marvel and how dumb I I was. And I am thoroughly enjoying She-Hulk. You see, that's what makes me kind of want to watch it, actually, because, I mean, you're um, you are quite done on the whole Marvel thing, you know? Yeah. Um, It's okay. I mean, it's I I, I wasn't enthused by it. It has has stuff on it that I probably will be. But I mean, like even in the comics, I wasn't a huge fan of She-Hulk anyway, but. I might give it a watch now because of the fact that it is your recommendation. I mean, if yeah. it was Kev's recommendation, I'd be like, <laughs> but you, is a, that's not a slight to Kev. I mean, me, me oh, Kev's going to turn up now. He probably will. But <laughs> I mean, will. it's just, you know, I, I will, I will like me and him kind of disagree on certain things, but yeah, no, Katie, okay, fair enough. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like, just watch the first episode. And if you don't like it, you don't have to watch anymore. But I've really been enjoying it. I think it's a lot of fun. How many yeah. episodes are left? There's two out now. Okay. Oh, so that's it's, it's no like okay. we were saying on the show earlier. This is kind of a test run for the half an hour Marvel Disney Plus model, which seemingly Daredevil might follow too. Okay. So it's very different from the other Disney Plus things. Okay, I, I will give it a watch and report back. Well, yeah. in any case, something shorter on Disney Plus since we're zipping through all the Marvel things. There were five I Am Groot shorts also released about a week ago. Have you seen any of them? No. I have not. No. They are class. They are very cute. They're basically the Marvel equivalent of like those shorts they put before like a Pixar movie and all that kind of stuff. Ooh, okay. They have concepts as big as like, you know, uh, Groot discovers a civilization of like in tiny, tiny people that he has to now take care of or like as small as Groot wants a bath and the world is stopping him. Simpsons did it. Just, I can, can relate. Watch them all in twenty minutes, they're cute. You know, Simpsons yeah. did it. Simpsons did it. Well, they have Simpsons shorts on Disney Plus as well. Not, no, I, mean, I haven't seen any of them, but they have them. Those exact, um, those exact concepts have done here. It's weird. So I, I, am trying to buy a Nintendo Switch, uh, cable, and I got a, a pop up here from Spit from uh Smith. So apparently, when you go on Smith's toys, they um, they ask you to to do a um. Cloudflare check from Imperva. Sorry, that's that's a random thing. That's that that's what? completely unrelated. Yeah, it's like if you try to go into Smith's toys, it like does cybersecurity checks. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, no, I said Simpsons did it, as in like with the with the South Park, you know, where where the, you know that's the whole joke. That oh, Simpsons did it. Oh, I thought you were talking Simpsons about the one where like you know uh, Lisa gets sucked into the 
bowl of like oh, yeah yeah, she, yeah she, no, she, she builds a civilization out of a tooth and some cola and she wants shoes nice ones mm. <laughs> socks i'll get the socks i'll get the socks <laughs> yeah, she'll want some socks too <laughs> <laughs> all right well we will get to uh some non marvel topics because lest we be considered shills not that, although Dara's making a good case against that. Hey, but... one thing we are not as shills on this program, unless they pay us and they'll shill anything they want. <laughs> yeah, we're shills for the right price. We're shills for the right price, <laughs> not for free. <laughs> that costs extra. <laughs> That's on the website, which we put, nice. by the way. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, companies, give us money and we'll shill for you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no standards, no nothing, just whatever. Just cut the check. <laughs> I am remaining dubiously silent on that one. But unless it's DCU, in which case hit me up, you know. But um now, one thing I want to talk about, which I have a feeling neither of you've seen, Cuphead series two. Have you seen it yet? No. Dara. I haven't seen anything. I actually no, I lie. I watched a four-hour documentary on the deep lore of the Tekken series today. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched that. I now know what happens between Tekken one to seven, which I had no. I've been playing those games for years. I had no idea what they're about. So no, I waste my time, Keen. The only life I'll ever have, I waste watching. You could have watched all of Cuphead twice in that time. True, but now I know what what the Tekken series is, which actually isn't called Tekken. It's Tekken. Ooh. That was a well spent four hours there. Well, I mean, it really yeah. was. That's a wild series. That makes a yeah. lot more sense. I, than you know I what's agree. Going on. You're living your best life right now, Dara. I try. I try. <laughs> All right, well, tell us about this Tekken series, and then we'll do Cuphead then. Go on. So uh, you guys have played Tekken, right? Uh, I know it involves punching. Yeah, I played, like, on the, the PS1. Okay. So the, it's, like, it, it's one of the longest-running fighting game series in, like, ever. It's been running since the PlayStation 1. And the most famous one that most people who are listening right now have played is probably Tekken 3. I think everybody who played Tekken 3. And I came out with PS1 and Tekken 7 came out last year, right? So mm. it doesn't really have much of a story on the surface because, I mean, like, the only way you could really get the story was to read the manual or to read the strategy guides. Mm-hmm. Because unlike uh, unlike modern fighting games where, like, you know, you play, like, um, Injustice or Mortal Kombat or whatever, and it has a story, you know, you punch, kick, punch, kick, story, punch, kick, punch, kick, story, fireball, story, <laughs> kick, you know, that kind of thing. Velociraptor with... Velociraptor with boxing gloves. Exactly, right? So weird stuff would happen in Tekken where you're like, oh, that's weird. Like I'd have like a little Japanese dinosaur or Velociraptor <laughs> with boxing gloves or a kangaroo with boxing gloves. Um, cute anime, robot girls, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and I it, remember the Tekken because uh, way back in the day, I'm going to show my age now, uh, like Spoonie on YouTube reviewed all the Tekken movies. Mm. And like it did seem like there was like a, a huge amount of lore for punching like there was a girl who rides a panda to school and it's a bodyguard there were like robots there was like a movie with like live action actors that is setting up this entire universe oh the luchador cheetah yes king and an armored king an armored king he's like a robot oh so good so the okay take king for example right not the king that's in Tekken 3 is not the original king because the original king was killed and then Armor King was blinded by the original king who then trained younger king then Armor King was killed and his brother was the new Armor King you see what I mean this is incredibly deep lore which is like a, a you're making fo- Kingdom Hearts sound easy 
Oh man, it's it, <laughs> like I totally enjoyed this. But basically, it, it follows this series of um, the think of like the yakuza, but the yakuza all around the world run by like this guy called Hitachi, right? Right. Well, back like, up a bit. What what is what is this and where can we find it? So it's on. Well, if you own like a PlayStation Four or any kind of PlayStation series, that's where they were on. But um, so I guarantee most of the audience have played some Tekken series, and they're on like the virtual console, that kind of stuff as well. Like they're, um, I will say as far as the games goes, uh, the PlayStation Two was really like the pinnacle. But Tekken Three is on PlayStation One; it's really good. Uh, four and five are fantastic, and seven is pretty good as well. But you can get them, but they're mainly on the PlayStation. Um, but they were on the Xbox as well. But right. I've always played them on the PlayStation uh, almost exclusively. Uh, but yeah, like it, it basically follows this this family saga where the, the grandfather and the son, basically it starts off with the grandfather throwing the son into a volcano, right? As you do. As he does. And then he, he survives and he turns out he's actually half the devil, right? So it, it's like that Was whole... he half the devil before the volcano or? This is it. So much, that, that happened 20 years ago, right? But in the game, it's 40 years ago. And then in the seventh one, they go back to the first one and they explain that all along he actually did have the devil in him. And that's why uh, Hitachi killed his Oh, that's wife. right. There's like a devil gene or something. Exactly. There? Right. So well, and Yeah. Wait, is it the grandson then that can turn into a big demon or is it the son? So the grandson and the son can turn into a big demon. Right. But mm. then by the so that's like the story of the third one. And then by the sixth and seventh one, it, it turns out that like the the father and the son are fighting each other but they're both the devil and they hmm. both st- and they start a world war three basically <laughs> um so i mean it's wild the, the escalation in the series is actually phenomenal and i just have a, a crazy new appreciation for this absolutely bonkers fighting game which i do really like um but now i know what it's about and i'm like well i i never got that from you any know, of this you know who i always liked in those games as well yoshimitsu yoshimitsu yeah he's super cool yeah, he's awesome. I don't, I don't know what he's some kind of robot samurai dude. He's a, but samurai, like he's, he's a samurai robot. Yeah, he's super cool. But what's weird as well, right? Um, in the series as well, it kind of goes into some like of all the characters, and it turns out like so. There's no, there is a main character, right? And the main character is the son whose name I can't remember, but he's Jin Kazama's um, the devil. Dad. Yeah, he's actually the main character of the series, and then it goes to Jin, and then it goes back to him, right? But he's always been the main character. But it turns out that like the endings that you play in Tekken, the endings that you get, they're canon. And there's certain fights that happen that are canon. So, I mean, like, for example, Paul Fury, the guy, the American uh, Craddy guy, he fought Kuma. Uh, Kuma? Yeah, Kuma, which means bear. So it's very creative, right? Oh, Kuma, yeah. Yeah, so Kuma is in love with Panda, who, who and they both know the same Craddy. Um, a bear is in love with a panda. Yeah, and yeah. she rejects him. It's, it's very upsetting. Right. Um but basically, he's literally just a bear who does karate. It's amazing. Yeah, but he was. You'd tra- think being a bear would be enough. Well, see, here's the thing: he was actually trained in karate by Itachi to be a sparring partner. So he's so tough that he trains with a bear. So good. It's so good. <laughs> so I mean, good. Th- this whole series, like, guys, do a search for <laughs> Tekken lore, and it's brilliant. And I think like, wasn't um wasn't Panda just originally like an alternate skin for Kuma, and then yeah, and then it became gave... popular, so they made it its own character. Yeah, and they gave it a story and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, oh so God. good. <laughs> it's brilliant. I mean, it, it's such a fantastic series. It really is. Oh, holy moly! Aren't yeah. you glad I came on the show today, guys? Just so oh. good. <laughs> and here I was 
worried we'd have nothing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> now I know that bears can do karate and they have frictitious relationships with pandas. The no. devil lives in someone's son. And, and in himself. And, and in himself. And in the third one, it turns out that the that this old fighting god shows up. And then it goes down deeper. When they kill the fighting god, it wakes up their great-grandfather who is tied to it, who is holding up basically the world. And then he gets freed by the larger demon and you have to fight him. Well, see, now it just sounds like Terry Pratchett. I mean, it kind of has everything. Shakespeare... Uh, there's two Irish assassins in it who are sisters who hate each other, but also not. Um, oh, and there's there's a there's a Goomba looking guy, or not a Goomba, um, the other thing, Koopa looking guy called Gone as well. Yeah, but he was actually. Well, here's the thing, right? So not only in this show, right? Oh, sorry, in this movie, in this um, lore, did he have their own character? So Gone was apparently a Japanese character that they brought in, right? And that was weird. That was just some random Japanese thing, right? But. Uh, they also brought in Akuma from Street Fighter and not as like a side character, like robot, like a Robocop or Terminator in Mortal Kombat. He's actually like a super important character in the Tekken series as a crossover. Right. So that makes Street Fighter canon. And not only that, in the new one, you can also get a Bullet Club T-shirt, which means that uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling is real in in uh, Tekken as well. <laughs> I mean, you'd um, hope so with all that punching. There you go. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the images now. Apologies to the listeners. There's a character, the character King. I wasn't ready for him to be a straight up normal looking person with a cheese's head. It gets mm-hmm. better. He can. He only talks through roaring. Well, you'd think. Yeah, but like, that's it. All all his interactions are him just making puma noises. But at least yeah. he has a cape to look classy. Well, I mean that's important. <laughs> Oh, my my uh, young child days of playing Tekken. It's all coming back to me now. It is, but I bet you didn't know the story. story. No, well, I mean, no, <laughs> there, there wasn't a whole lot of room for <laughs> story on story? the PS1. Well, see, that's the thing. In the, On the PS1 games, they were all in the manual and in the guides. So do you remember the old guides you'd, you'd buy in like the store where it went to show you how to actually f- play the game? Mm. Ah, this implied we had money growing up. <laughs> well, this is fair. <laughs> this, this implied fair. we could read. <laughs> this implied we didn't just swap PS1 games with friends. <laughs> well, it's funny, right? So when Tekken 3 came out, I went, I was over in the States and that's where I actually got the guide. I got the, I actually got the, the guide. So I still have it around somewhere. If I find it, I'll, I'll send you pictures. But it is somewhere around here. And um, that's where I got it. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's all the story. But you didn't care because you were like, Eight, you just wanted to play the, the punchy game, but in the actual <laughs> manual, that's where a lot of the story was. And it wasn't until the fourth one on the PS2 when they're like, Oh, we can actually like tell a story now. So they actually mm-hmm. start like giving you proper, like proper content, and then you had to kind of fill it all in. But it's an impressive feat because your man even said it himself it, like, there's a whole wiki and everything that goes into it, but he's like. I had to go through all of this secondary material because in the actual text itself, there is no story. Like, as you said, Katie, <laughs> there, was, there was no room on the PS1 for that amount of story. But holy hell. Oh, that's not true. You could fit a whole Final Fantasy, like, you know, 20 yeah, that, hour epic onto the PlayStation. Yeah, but one. that was like four discs. It was four discs. Not yeah. the first six. <laughs> <laughs> Even like Heart of Darkness was two discs. Like Final Fantasy six is like, you know, the world gets destroyed. You're only halfway through it and you're like 20 hours in or something. 
<laughs> but you know, I, I the thing about a fighting game is there's not really a, a enough room to be able to do that because like you are essentially just punch kick punch kick, you know. Yeah, that's true. And actually, just because you've kind of got me all nostalgic now, I remember I used to have all the Yu-Gi-Oh games on the PlayStation One, and this is how unintuitive games were then. Uh, there was a two-player feature where like you could duel against someone on a second controller. But obviously then, like, you would see their cards when it came mm. to their turn. So they had space in the little booklet so that you could number each of your cards, hide what it was, and they expected you to do this for all 40 of your cards in each deck so that you could play against your opponent in peace. Because, <laughs> like, it's just, you know, video games were new and they expected you to put the work in, damn it. Well, that's well. Here's the thing: we complain about that, but in the 80s, I'm not complaining. I think it was amazing. No, but in the 80s, right? That's like milk toast compared to what they used to do in the 80s, where they'd code their own games on the Spectrum. Apparently, so you got the ZX Spectrum, and like you'd buy a game magazine, and they just give you the code, and you have to sit there and type the code out, and then that's how you got your games. Or like even you know Metal Gear Solid, where you had to read the back of the read the back of the game case to get the codex number. Yes, exactly. you know, and when you were fighting Psycho Mantis, you had to take your controller out of the player one port, put it in the player two port. I mean, that's it. Like kids, kids these days don't understand what they have. You know, they they really don't. So <laughs> kids Even these like, days, challenge. You had to like sing into the Super Nintendo in order to pass a segment of it, and if you didn't do it right, you had to start again. That was on the 3DS, I, I heard as well, where you had to sing into parts of it, and there's just like footage. Well, like of the 3DS, like the technology's there to make it work. I'm talking these blocky things in the 80s, you know. Well, did you know that uh, the Dreamcast? Um, they had a, a game called Seaman, right? Or sea person, camera what it's called. But it's basically this like fish person that had a face. <laughs> right. I'm not joking. I I don't can't remember what I think it's called sea person or sea man. I'm not too sure. And um it's like a cod, but it, like it talks to you and it'll just be on the screen the whole time. And it was like the precursor of like Google Assistant, where like instead of having a friendly English woman, it was like this hell spawn just been like, Hello. You're like, you know, it's freaky. So I mean, <laughs> you know, that's oh, all yeah, they that's could horrifying. Do. I've just it looked is. it up. Do you look up? Yeah. See, man, that's it. It was, yeah, it's, it's horrifying. It really it's is. It's like an anglerfish, but with a human face. But you could talk to it, Katie. You could actually sit there and have a full conversation with it. No, thank you. Back in <laughs> 1999 <laughs> on the Dreamcast. So it's like, it, it all depends on like the power, like the, the discs were the, were the problem because you could only put so much space on them. Um, so when the, when the PlayStation 2 came out, obviously it was able to play more space. And then the Blu-rays are, you know, but like, it's so funny that like, we went full circle and Cuphead to bring that back to the original point mm -hmm. is like the game is so you know simple in, in mm. comparison to to what that is I haven't seen the series but it did pop up on the switch and I'm like oh I'm not going to download that but Keen likes it <laughs> and uh, there so we go so he can download it well yeah I'm assume, I assume you already have oh I've had Cuphead for ages no 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 I was I was there when it first came out you know because it was such a pretty game but actually, it's a weird just kind of we'll segue into Cuphead now. But like the the game and the Netflix series are kind of so organically tied now that a, a new character was added to Cuphead who they introduced in series one first. Oh, it's like, the so it's like this effect. weird roundabout symbiotic relationship now. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like the Harley Quinn effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, but no, it's um. No, series two is out now, and uh, I know you two haven't seen it, so I won't go into like too much detail. 
but it's really, really good. 13 new episodes, all top quality. It really picks up around episode three because there's a half an hour pirate epic, which involves <laughs> songs and like mixing different styles of animation. Like at one point they're going through like a ship graveyard and it's full on just stop motion claymation with like mm. no attempt to hide it. And they've got like battles with giant crabs and like sword fights and all that kind of stuff. And like the music's top notch. And yeah, it seems like they've really raised their game on this series because there's more episodes. They're longer, but it's still got that lovely charm. It's still got like the and it's still got that weird horror bent to it, too, where like there's an episode where they get stuck in a land of sweets that tries to eat them. There's an episode where Mugman, the blue one, He's just trying to read his book and a guy keeps sending his ice cream van around the place singing a song. And so he gets into a fight with him and it turns into like a psychological horror where he's being chased by the ice cream truck and the music's getting scarier. That thing. And so, yeah, it's we watch the whole thing, I think, twice now because my daughter's mad into it. And yeah, it seems like they've really raise the game on this series which is great because the first series was already really good yes we do <laughs> yeah i know awesome. but it doesn't always happen no this is this is true and unfortunately netflix is kind of renowned for like coming out with really really great shows and then just canceling them well that's just it and then you get into like because like let's not like mince words here we've had what are the animators on this show and like you know there is like kind of the way people are treated in the animation industry is very dubious and there's crunch there and all that kind of stuff uh this isn't coming from him now this is just general sort of industry practices and i think this series came out pretty quickly i think the first series of cuphead was like what like february this year or something like that relatively recently anyway it was relatively recently maybe christmas but like a fast turnaround for a longer series at any rate and all kind of hand-drawn looking and everything but no for the time being i can just say that the quality is really good and they haven't like over egged the things that worked last series hmm. like there's like the devil pops up like once or twice they uh but they don't like reuse old ideas or do that series two thing where they take the funny thing and overdo it and ruin it ah, like pick or rick it, yeah, exactly. It still feels very fresh. And even if you haven't seen series one, I'd recommend it because it's just really nice. They're mostly 10 minutes long. The music's great. The animation's great. It's really hard to dislike the characters. They're just really, really charming, you know? Mm. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but I would. But if you want anger, you could try the real game. And just see how long your patience lasts. Because I certainly have made it, never made it beyond uh, Zone 2 out of like four or five in Cuphead because the bosses are very punishing. That's a game I play watching the new Star Wars movies. <laughs> what, just to double your rage? Just get yeah. twice as much worth? That's it. But no, <laughs> get, all, get all that anger out. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, actually, just while we're on Netflix, uh, we should point out just for the time capsule nature of the show that a surprise episode of Sandman was dropped the week after the series finished. Have either of you seen it yet? Actually, before we do real quick, Cuphead at the moment is on sale if people want to get it. Oh, on yeah. which device? Oh, it's on the Switch. Okay. Yeah. 
we're we're not affiliated, but if you know if Cuphead wants to give us money, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> if the bad guys want to give us money, I don't mind. Good, <laughs> bad, it's all the same. <laughs> if you have a product, we'll shill it. Sponsor us, we'll sponsor <laughs> you. Guys, have a reputation to uphold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we also need to eat, right? That's true. The lights need to be kept on. <laughs> The media needs they're, to be nerded. They're gonna take my thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> my kids need shoes. <laughs> oh my goodness! But I do want to say very quickly: either of you seen the new uh, Sandman episode? No, I haven't. No, not the new one. No, we won't dwell on it now because we spent an entire uh, episode last time just like kind of covering all the Neil Gaimanness. But uh, yeah, just to say it's really, really good. The first half is A Dream of a Thousand Cats, which is all animated. And they've got like a top notch cast in it because it's animated. Like they've got like Sandra Oh, David Tennant, Michael Sheen, James McAvoy in these absurdly small roles. But like uh, the whole thing has like, if I didn't know how long it takes to make television, it would be like a victory lap for Sandman. Because it came out and everyone loved it. And then suddenly, as soon as it kind of the excitement dies down, this other episode pops up and it's top notch, you know. So, like, I was very impressed with it. And the second half is another just sort of standalone short story called Calilope, which I was a bit concerned about. And because there's, I mean, it's hard to talk about on the air, honestly, because it's about an author who, like, basically has one of the muses locked in his house so that he can steal her ideas. Uh, but they've got like a top-notch cast. They've got Arthur Darvel from like Doctor Who and Broadchurch and loads of things. They've got Derek Jacobi. Like, you know, it's, they just, they knock it out of the park. And I keep waiting for Sandman to like put its foot in it, but they haven't done it yet. So I'm very, very impressed with how it's shaping up. Awesome. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I, I mean, See, I can't really comment because you, you guys didn't engage with me like on this or Cuphead. I feel like I'm talking to someone well, in the park. It, it, it's just because, like, you know, obviously I haven't seen much of Cuphead other than the couple of episodes that I watched with you and Prim. And yeah. then, you know, in terms of Sandman, I've seen like the first two episodes and the second half of the last episode. So, you know, I don't really have much stake in it. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. No, no, no. I'm only teasing. Uh, <laughs> No, no, no. But I'm excited now because it's nice to be getting kind of all this really good quality out in once. I haven't seen the Game of Thrones uh, reboot prequel, unfortunately, but the feedback on that's really, really good as well. Uh, oddly enough, just because I'm, I seem to be still driving this bus and no one's taking it off me, we've oddly quiet on the Doctor Who front. Uh, there's Jodie Whittaker's final episode is coming out in October. We're just about in September and they haven't dropped a trailer since April. And there hasn't been any images released. The only updates we've gotten are for the 60th anniversary, which is not coming this year. So something really weird is going on with this anniversary thing. I assumed that they were just going to leave it late to hype it up and get all the photos uh, out of the way of the new doctor and all that kind of stuff. But no, it's like, quiet as a grave on the Doctor Who front and I have no idea what's happening there yeah I don't know like are they building tension or you know or did somebody drop the ball with the marketing or are they just like what's going on yeah that's exactly it and initially I thought okay 
Um, they're filming the 60th anniversary with um, the Harry Met Your Mother actor Neil Patrick Harris in it. Like David Tennant's back. You don't want to confuse people by having by advertising two sets of Doctor Who episodes at once. Fair enough. The mm. battle stopped about a month or two ago, and there still hasn't been an update. And I hope it isn't a deliberate thing on the BBC's part because it really it's got that sort of rise of skywalker feel where it's like we're gonna release it and forget about it kind of thing but i mean i really hope that isn't what's going on because it's not it's it's not fair on her or the people involved like wait i heard rise of skywalker what (laughs) no seriously it's not a bit what happened welcome back i listened to you talk about a bear doing kung fu and you couldn't listen to two minutes of doctor who no, <laughs> karate king, karate. No, uh, <laughs> karate. Exactly, exactly. Get it right. Oh, my mistake. Sorry. The specific form of karate that that the family teaches. Anyway, no, it was not. It wasn't listening. It's just that when I hear Doctor Who, I just phase out because I've been hurt so badly. Existence. <laughs> Your eyes just automatically glaze over. <laughs> I'm just like, oh god, Jodie Whittaker. No, oh, like, no. like like oh, Homer's man, brain no. just like floating out of his body. <laughs> No, what I was saying uh, was that like there hasn't been any marketing for the special, and it's about coming out in about a month, uh, by the looks of it. And so hold on, is I there... was comparing it to the Rise of Skywalker, where even though that movie was hyped to the nines, because of all the fallout of like Episode Eight and all that kind of stuff, there was this pervading feeling of we're going to release it, and then we're going to not talk about it. Um, we're just going to get the heck out of Dodge, like, you know, and I hope that's me projecting onto the situation, but certainly that's what I get for like an end of an era type thing, you know? Well, it's probably going to be terrible, but you're going to love it. Um, You're going to see the good in it. You're going to be like, everyone's going to watch I, it. I, I won't go, <laughs> I won't go in with a hatchet if that's the name. It doesn't mean I'll necessarily love it. I know, um, but when, it's always funny, Keen, when, when, when you, when it's like, what is it? Like, oh, it's grand. And you're like, it well, I'll tell wonderful. you what, it's already, it it's already got my, my bugbear up already because they oh, really? are bringing back two companions from the 80s. And obviously that's really exciting because they're two of the oh, best ones. Okay. Uh, but like in the little trailer. like is Sarah you know, Jane, is it uh, they're bringing back? No, she, she's passed away, unfortunately. Oh uh, yeah, but that doesn't matter. They can just CGI her, it's fine. You can't CGI like for an entire episode. Like, you can't. Yeah, that's no, what, that's you what can't. They, they did that for Rogue, for Rogue One. They've done it for movies. They did it for Stranger Things. Yeah. I mean, that okay. Well, that doesn't no, mean anything. Like, <laughs> well, but no, it's not. It's not Sarah Jane at any rate. Uh, no, it's uh, Tegan, who was the oh, fifth yes. Doctor's companion in the eighties, the Australian yes, yes, yes. one, and uh, Ace, who was the seventh Doctor's, the one who was basically like Bart Simpson with grenades and like baseball bats and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> they were good ones. Yeah. with grenades. <laughs> oh, seriously, look up Ace on yeah. like YouTube. Ace Doctor Who, like her claim to fame is like taking a baseball bat and beating a Dalek to death. Nice. <laughs> just on point of principle. And like her running gag is that she just carries homemade explosives. <laughs> like, you know, she's excellent. But anyway, like I bring that up because like in the little teaser trailer, which again was released in like April and there's been nothing since, like mm. it's got a little snippet of um, them saying, I haven't seen the Doctor in 40 years. I haven't seen him in 30 years. And like that little the Star Wars books are in canon alarm starts going off in your head because like, no, there's been a million comics and radio plays and a book that the actor who plays Ace wrote this year. 
<laughs> like you know, she's in it. <laughs> like, you know, like which you know, the- it's only a nitpick, but like certainly it seems like like Daleks are coming back. The lone Cyberman is coming back. Like mm. uh, probably all the companions you've left are coming back. There is this kind of. It's like they're going for a big event thing, which fair enough, it's a regeneration. But then surely the point of getting all those people back is so you can market it to within an inch of its life and have loads of pictures of things exploding and people coming back and all that. And they haven't done that either. So maybe they're playing the point. Maybe they're playing it safe, though, to be fair, because I mean, like, I think that's it. Yeah, I think they're just sort of like because because what they might do is right. If it's good and received well, then they'd be like, oh, you missed this. And then they'll push it on some platform. Right. Right. But if it's terrible, they haven't lost anything. You know, yeah. I think it's kind of like because that that whole shit series, very much like Star Wars, is like as a movie, is pretty much dead in the water, right? So they're left with this. They're left with this situation where, like, okay, if we spend money, it's it's like Batgirl. You know, it's like if we market it, we're gonna lose money. So let's just put it out and see what happens. But did you know the BBC can afford to take a bath on even if it's bad compared to? Yeah, uh, Warner, Warner Bros. Which is do not. By the way, there's no up, up, update to that story. We'll get to it in a second. But mm. I think that's what it is. I think it's like a marketing move where they want to save money and also not disappoint fans more. So they're kind of like, right, if it's good, well, no, it, sorry, let me let me rephrase that. Mm. If the fans think it's good, they can jump on it then and market it and hype up maybe to the Christmas episode, which is what they probably do. Right. Which which is what I'd say they actually totally will do. But if it's, you know, if it, if they were pumping all this money into it and everyone's like, oh, oh, God, oh, it's bad. You know, I mean, you don't need that going into it. So I mean, just- I get I get where you're coming from, like, because like they've already announced like Russell T Davies coming back and New mm. Doctor and all that mm. kind of stuff. And they they want to put their strongest foot forward. And from their perspective, this might not be it. I do. Yeah, that. Yeah, but at the same time, like you, it's I wouldn't consider Doctor Who dead in the water, at least by the standards of the BBC. Because I'm trying to think of what the other BBC global brands are, like Call the Midwife. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I mean, it's great, I'm sure, but like I can't see them selling like pop funkos of it in Forbidden Planet or anything like that. You you can sell pop funkos of anything, (laughs) legitimately. (laughs) Um, I mean, it is. It, it, as someone who has a great deal of them like there's no bottom to that that just keeps going like oh know. look i'm surrounded by a lego shrine i'm not i'm not fair. gonna judge anyone's taste fair. I, i'm just saying like i i've been a champion of the wish career and i i just hope that like history doesn't wash their hands because it's bad practice anyway mm-hmm. like it's a bit like the rise of skywalker thing again because it's like Okay, that's pretty bold of you to just say we're gonna wrap this up and move on. But what if the thing you move on to is worse? Yeah. Like, like it's like when they opened episode seven with the first line is this is gonna make things right. Which and then now it, everyone loves it, the prequels and the Kenobi series, and no one yeah. likes to think, you know. Like, like have have equal like it's like going back to She-Hulk to put a nice bow on it. Have equal reverence and respect for every corner of your thing. You know, because yeah, it's all gonna hang around ultimately. Here's the thing, right? And it, it is that is a true statement. Everyone's every piece of media is somebody's first. Yeah. Right. Even if it's the worst thing in the world, somebody still really likes it because it's the first thing they've seen. And that's important. You know, it, it's it's why like building these wide continuities are a thing. But an updated story, right? With with how long you guys got left? What time you start at? Uh we got 45 seconds. Talk quick. 
Okay, so the Batgirl thing. It looks out that the Batgirl movie was uh, not as finished as they made out to be, and they they deleted everything off the service. So that movie is never coming out. Not even being. Oh my leaked. god! Yeah, <laughs> it's gone completely. Justice so, uh, for Batgirl. Justice uh, for Brendan Fraser. They'd have yeah. to shoot the whole thing again because it's not even on the servers. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my god, that's like a food fight situation. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. It, it, like, there was a rumor saying that it was, uh, it was nearly finished. It wasn't. Um, so, there you go. <laughs> and on that grim note, grim. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank uh, everyone for tuning in, and to Mannequin Blue and Dara for uh, joining in as well. Of course, especially Dara's like sudden like can you edit on like a sound effect of like you coming through a window the <laughs> fanfare oh yeah like maybe a sports car pulling up or something like that <laughs> i'll see what i can find <laughs> awesome we'll be back next week certainly i will be talking about the new star trek show which is coming back lower decks next week uh but until then i've been kian i've been there and i'm mannequin blue and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. All right. So you're listening to the podcast. You're like, hey, I'm not in Ireland. How do I get in touch? Well, TuneIn has you covered. That's how you can check us out live when we're on the radio. Um, you go to TuneIn and download the app, or you can check out the live streams on NairthNoMedia.com or Phoenix 92.5 FM. If you want to get in contact with us, it's very easy. Nerd to Know Media everywhere. Nerd to Know Media on Twitter. Nerd to Know Media Instagram. Nerd to Know Media on Twitch. Nerd to Know Media at gmail.com if you want to reach out via email. Hope to hear from you soon. Hey, Dara, what are you doing over there in Ireland? Like with the freaking leprechauns and everything. That's not cool. You should be over there with the cosplayers. At least then you can, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You give me a Brooklyn way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Face down, face up, trap no, cut, spell cut, then time to let go. I love it. All I do is just believe it. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.